0: Meet Lubunga Lucindi Chawelwa, a self-described seasoned mother of three, entrepreneur, and businesswoman. Lubunga is a 2021 Tony Amelu Foundation alumni who is passionate about health, fitness, and lifestyle, and works as a woman's transformational coach. In this episode, we talk about postpartum life, knowing yourself, growth, and life's defining moments. Welcome to Conversations with Lila B. Lubunga. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Lee? I'm good. I'm good. Um, so Ooh. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today because, well, you do so many things and you are a multifaceted woman, the self-described seasoned mother of three, an entrepreneur, a businesswoman. Um, I, I first of all just want to start off with there's something I read about you, which is that you work as a women's transformational coach. Now, I was like, what, what's transformational coaching? And and how do you even discover that you can do something like that? Well,
1: um, I, I, I really wouldn't put, um, I don't know what kind of definition I would put to it, but essentially what transformation is, is Helping somebody move from point A to point B to get the results they want out of their life. Mm. You know, so in essence, um, I specialize in building habits, right? Um, productivity by prioritizing and character building. Um, because I've found that when, when we want to change our lives, human beings, we believe, we, we believe or we've been taught that drastic change is the way. Um, And the example I like to give, I'm into weight loss, right? Um, I'm not going to wake up today and be able to run a marathon.
0: Give the
1: noise. Yeah. Um, And so why I believe in in building habits is that when you embed it in your everyday life, things sort of become um, second nature to you. So if you want to run for a marathon, for example, we're going to start you off, first of all, by walking like you're going to walk maybe um for 10 minutes today um and then we're going to start increasing that and then we're eventually going to add on training for you to do a marathon so when we are transforming your life we're not doing it all at once it's more daily habits that are eventually going to give you the results that you crave okay
0: yeah so i mean i hear what you're saying because i feel like it's it's with anything you know even when you I go to therapy for example but even outside of that like it's all about building better habits or healthy habits for yourself so recently for me I don't know if you know like last year I injured my leg and everything so I was slowly working to get over that and get back in the gym so now like I'm back in the gym and let me tell you I knew you'd be. Okay. I'm proud of you. <laughs> but let me tell you, session one is just like semi-brutal because I'm like, oh my gosh, my body can't do what it used to do. But I also have to remember, like you said, it's not about being able to run a marathon right away, right? My muscles have to exactly. get used to doing what they used to do. My bones have to get used to carrying the weight that they're carrying now or whatever. So it's like a slow process. And it's, for me, it's always been something where when I do get into like fitness mode, I do have to like remind myself that it's not about, it's more about the journey and and the me being healthy than counting or weighing myself because, you know, you always kind of just want to rely on seeing that number drop or whatever that goal is. And it's fine to have a goal of obviously weight loss, but I think sometimes we also have to be realistic about it. So. That's interesting that you also mentioned that you you are into weight loss um, and fitness and and just lifestyle. So how did you get into that sort of journey or get into those things? Um,
1: I I think for me, it, it begins with my fascination for for, for time and also intellect. I've been fascinated with these two things for a very long time. And I want to d- discuss maybe time in more detail because, um, I mean, if we look at, for example, um, let's pick an accomplished woman in Zambia, same Zingamelu, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then we also, then we pick me. Um, Zingamelu is an accomplished in our own right. She's done so many um, things you know for her life and also generally for just the zambian girl child because we aspire to be like how we look up to her but ms Zingamelu has 24 hours just like i do so i i began to to study these people who have made it and this is according to my definition who've made it and I admire them and I began to wonder, I say, if she has 24 hours, just like me, what it is, what is it that she's doing that I'm not doing? And so after being, after being fascinated with time management, I am now a firm believer that there is no such thing as time management. You manage yourself and you manage your activities. You can never manage time because time is already defined. You know, like Lee, you woke up today, whatever time you woke up, That's what the time was. You can't say, oh, I'm going to take back three hours because I want to start my day at 6 a.m. No, those hours are gone. So I was really fascinated with this concept um, of time. And and I began to to read um, a lot about how we can manage ourselves so that we can maximize the number of hours that we have in a day. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that's my response, yeah.
0: Oh my gosh, like what you've said, it's so, it's common sense that like time is already there, but like it's almost yes. so mind-blowing because like I have to reframe like the whole idea that we hear, especially like in corporate world or even when you're in university or even what you're told by your parents, you know, when you've got assignments and maybe you fail to do one, everyone talks about, did you manage your time? And it's like, you know, like you've said, if I woke up at 10 a.m., I can't reverse things and say, let me wake up at 6 a.m. so that I get everything done. I now have to just sort of adjust my activities and work around and try and do what I can in order to accomplish my goal. But that's so interesting. Oh, my gosh. I've never thought about it like that. Lubunga, you're blowing my mind right now.
1: I'm glad. I'm glad. This is why Lee why has a podcast, guys. This is why I, I mean spread the message. And um, it, it's it's also that sometimes Lee, we think that the only people that can inspire us, I'm digressing a little bit here. But my point is everywhere you go, everywhere in the world, even in your community that you live in, there's always someone who's made it. And it does, does not have to be at global scale, right? Mm-hmm. But for example, you are doing podcasts and you are spreading this positive message. Sometimes you have no idea that even one sentence, one statement or one paragraph can have such a profound impact on someone's life. So I I think the message that I try to spread with Bloom Peak Media is that it is possible for you wherever you're at, because role models are everywhere. mentors are everywhere the thing is that we don't ask you know Lee. we don't ask that's a big one and don't. yes my my mother one of one of the greatest lessons my mother has taught me is Luwonga ask and they call me i have they call me by my nickname they call me gu uh they say gu ask have you asked and my mom says even when you are sure of how something should be done you never know what you are meant to learn that day so now moving forward, and even as we, as we speak here, if you have any grand plans for your life, one of the biggest lessons for you is find out how you can ask. And the way Lee can ask for things is not the same way Lubunga can ask for things, but what's important is for you to start. If, for example, you want to stand a, start a podcast, go to Lee. I mean, text her you know, call how I'll find out of getting in touch. Like, I'm interested in starting a podcast. How can you help me? How can you be of assistance? And you have no idea how transformative that conversation can be for you. And this is why I believe in, in transformational coaching.
0: Yeah, that's so, that's so true though, because if you don't ask, you'll never receive. And you never know if someone is going to say yes or no. And sometimes, that no isn't a no forever, it's a no for now, or that no is going to open another door. That no might be because that's not the person who's meant to mentor you or that's not the direction you're supposed to be going in. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, You mentioned Bloom Peak Media Limited, which you're the founder of. So can you talk to maybe my listeners a little bit about what you do? You've mentioned a little bit, but what does Bloom Peak Media do? What is the goal with it, and how did it all come about? Okay, so um, so my my one of my closest
1: friends, uh, I've known I've known Chico since sixth grade. That's since nineteen nine, I think, since nineteen ninety five or is it ninety six? Around there, anyway. Since nineteen ninety six, I think, yeah. And um, Chico knows that well. Other than my fascination with time and intellect, she knows that I'm I'm fascinated with education, especially for the girl child, but skilled education, because right now, as we know of, especially in Zambia, we are birthed by a woman still. And so if your mother is not educated, if your mother is not, does not have a skill, so to speak, Mm. it's very likely that her children will, will not end up so well because they, they won't know how to navigate in the world. And we know that money is important. And this is a conversation that I have um, with even a friend that you and me have in common uh, towards early. This is a conversation her and me have often. We, we sometimes people want to downplay the importance of money. But if you want to change lives, if you want to go anywhere in the world, at a certain point, you're going to need some sort of money. You're going to need capital investment at some point. So now imagine you are, you come from a mother who does not have a skill. And when we are growing up, our mothers impact us greatly. And this is whether we want to agree or disagree. This is, this is a truth. And it's been a truth for so many years. So now coming back to my point, I, when I had my first child, I was shocked at how my life just transformed overnight. Like I couldn't go to the bathroom whenever I wanted to. I couldn't sleep through the night. Um, It was just the beginning was horrible and I don't even lie about it. So now I began to think to say, "Hmm, so if my life has changed like this, it means the lives of our mothers also before me changed and many other women around, but how then do you continue to be Lee? How do you continue to be Lubunga even after you've had children? How do you continue to transform your life? And I think that's when Bloom Peak was born for me. This is seven years ago. I never even conceptualized it or anything, but I think that's in essence, that's where it started from. So last year, um, Chico was like, you know at Lubunga, you are always interested in people's stories, especially mothers, women. Um, why don't you apply for um, the Tony LMLU, um Fan, why don't you apply for it but form a company and conceptualize your idea and I was like okay you know this is a good idea and that's how I got down to paperwork and writing so this is born out of my need to understand Lee why first of all it's it's almost taboo to speak about the bad experiences we have as mothers it's not all bliss. and this is something that we need to talk about more and more. This is why a lot of people go into postnatal depression because we feel as if when God blesses you with a child, you have no right to complain even when you have a problem child. My son, for example, um, my son is lactose intolerant. My son couldn't breastfeed for almost three months because I couldn't produce milk properly. Uh, my son, so when we gave him his milk, he would throw up and have diarrhea at the same time. So we are discharged a a day after um, I birthed by C-section. The following day, we go back to hospital because I don't understand what's going on. But not even my mother has explained to me that you have gone, your life will never be the same, Mm. right? So the message for um, the main message for Bloom Peak Media Limited is simply this. We want to be able to provide consultation to ascertain what type of assistance that woman needs, right? And so what we want to do moving forward is to just enlighten our clients through various programs. Um, So we have plans to have community community programs, uh, community workouts and other learning programs. So what this will do is once we talk to the woman, for example, we need to ascertain what kind of assistance do they need? You've mentioned you go to therapy so does this woman need therapy but what kind of therapy does she need Mm. um then maybe say a woman comes to us who had like a good birthing story everything is working out for her but she wonders why she's not moving from point a to point b right um then also say there's a woman who who has money right so she's accomplished in that sense but she's not fulfilled so what bloom peak in essence would do is be a conduit and then bring different professionals on board so for example if i need i know you're into social media management for example i bring you on board bloom peak and you're able to mentor you're able to teach and offer programs to these women who specifically need that kind of service from you Mm. so um so for example if a woman needs um Say a woman needs financial um, development. So I bring on board, say, Miss um, Luapa, for example, because that's what she does. She does fashion, uh, she does um, financial um, development. She's into finances. We bring her on board. So we are a conduit. And then we bring professionals on board and then spread the message. In essence, we just want to be able to create a magical life. When you are a little girlie, you had grand dreams. So we want that little girl to come alive, even as you are at that age, and chase what you were meant to chase in this world.
0: And I think that's a really beautiful message. And I really think that that, this program will go far because especially like women being able to come together, that is something, of course, I feel like we can never have too much of and learning to support each other and just giving people whether it's the coping tools or the actual you know physical tools or whatever it is just to have the best especially as you've said because you're dealing specifically with postpartum women so women with children and women who've given birth in order for them to also just be able to like thrive in their life because as you've said it's not there are a lot of things that are complicated about being a mother and having given birth But you know, in the time and day and age that we live in, people are balancing both work and home life and childcare and all of those things. So I think it'll be a really interesting um, program to see as it grows and grows. Agreed. (laughs) To talk a little bit about um, your other business that you're involved in, which is Passion Fruit Solutions. So what is Passion Fruit Solutions and what is that business specifically about?
1: Um, So Passion Fruit Solutions Limited, uh, right now, the core of the business is interior decor. Um, So what we're trying to do with Passion Fruit is help you live in a beautiful space, but a space that's also functional. Um, Because as as is with design, some things are just beautiful to look at Lee, but they're not practical. Even when you watch, for example, uh, fashion shows, you're like, oh, that looks really good. Uh, But when you think about it and bring it back home, it's not something that's practical. So Mm -hmm. we want to, to be able to create these homes and also create atmospheres where, families can come together but but it's still a functional environment and it's still beautiful so what we're trying to do is to create tiers so we have like a basic package um um, medium package and then we have a premium package Mm -hmm. so for the basic package what we're trying to do is say for example somebody is um somebody is a student but they're renting they're renting an apartment or they have a shared home and things like that but they want to live in an environment that's clean functional stylish so we tailor it to their needs and then we work within their budget you know um and then sometimes what we do is we're all we're going to do is you you some people come for consultation and we offer you advice so it's as basic as it comes then for the for the uh for the medium package the middle package this is where now We sit down, we have a consultation with you, and then we help you select furniture. And depending on what you want to do with that furniture, we can go on and then decorate your space for you. For premium package, this is where now, uh, you know you have clients who have money, right? Yeah. And they give you creative freedom. They just tell you, uh, I have a space, it's empty, um, come and have a look at it. Like uh, currently we have we have a client uh, who just said, I need you to come to my space. Uh, we asked them, "What do you need this? And they're like, you know, show me what you've done before. Um, I'll pick if there's anything I like, but essentially pick what you want to do. Let me know, show me the budget and we are good to go. So like, because... We are passionate. That's Chico and me, the founders of of, of Passion Fruit. We are passionate about um, a good living space because that affects how you live your life. There is no way, really, for example, you want to live in a space that's disorganized, right? And then you wake up in the morning and wonder why certain things are not aligning for you. But we forget that everything starts from the home you live in. Everything starts from the environment that you actually live in, and so. Our message across board, even with Passion Truth, is that you don't need to necessarily move or change environments, but you have to start with the environment and the space that you're in and make it as beautiful and as grand as possible within your budget. And then now start looking elsewhere to move, because even if you moved, say, from your one-bedroom apartment into a five-bedroom mansion, and you didn't know how to style that a uh, one bedroom flat that you had and just manage your home the five bedroom mansion is not going to be of any help to you I don't know if that makes sense
0: no it does make complete sense and it's so funny like hearing you talk about this like you talking about Bloom Peak and being so passionate in that but then also talking about passion food solutions uh, well, it's not funny to me really because I've known you as someone who has a great sense of style and loves like a nice aesthetic. So it only makes sense to me that you would go into interior design because you've, oh, always had, you so much. you've always had that love. But speaking of like enjoying aesthetics and things, like has this always been the case? Like who influenced like your sense of style or your the aesthetics and things that you enjoy? Um, so I'd say, first of all,
1: my grandmother, and this is my, my maternal grandmother. Mm -hmm. Um, my maternal grandmother is from Zimbabwe and Gogo Janet, we now call her. I'm told now that she had, um, she's still alive, but now, now because she's not really as active as she was before, she, she, she turns 85 on 15 July this month. Oh. She had um, one of the cleanest homes on the block and where they lived in Bulawayo then it was um Southern Rhodesia my grandmother would win competitions for having the, the the most organized home clean home and also a clean garden and and there's there's certification to prove this right now you see this is a woman who never really went to school the way you and me have been to school we are degreed up she didn't even she didn't even get so far with her education, but she knew the power of organization and presentation. So that's number one. Um, and then I also have my maternal my maternal aunt, um, Auntie Esther, who I, anyone who knows me knows how often I speak about this woman. She had impeccable tests in her heydays. Um, as far as I've known, Auntie Esther, she's almost always grown her hair natural, even before it became popular. And she has always been dark-skinned. And I have nothing against light-skinned women. My grandmother is light-skinned. But she taught me, even without telling me in words, that you are beautiful even as you are. So what fashion and style did, does for you, should say, it just enhances your beauty. You yeah. know, and and so... That was a very valid lesson from her and the way she would put clothes together. I would often steal her clothes and she'd just say, just ask if you want, you know. But I was a little girl then. And then my mother, uh, Florence, my mother loved eyeshadow in the early nineties and, and flowers, anything floral, my mother loved. Like, but it's the way she put together her pieces that fascinated me, you know? And even when we didn't have so much money then, should still look presentable. Her home would still be clean and organized. So also uh, one of my messages, um, and this is both for Bloom Peak and Passion Fruit is that people often think Lee, that you need a million US dollars to look and feel like a million bucks. But when you have not done work within yourself, even that money can't help you. And this is why sometimes you see that even people with money are now turning more and more to lifestyle coaches you know they're turning more and more to transformational coaches because they want to be fulfilled yeah um and, and then an unlikely um an unlikely um inspiration also for my fashion my love for aesthetics comes from my father my father as far as i know has almost always worn um oxford shoes like always and that's that's that that if 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 anyone knows me well when you come to my home or if you want to buy me shoes they know they're going to buy me a pair of oxford shoes other than that my father taught me how to iron um up to date it does not sit really well with me to see people wearing creased clothes because even if it's expensive if then if it's good fabric if your clothes are creased you just don't look put together you look a mess so (laughs) The way my father would iron his shirts, even now, like you can iron my father's clothes, but he would rather do it himself. So in that, he also taught me that for you to look clean, you have to prepare a night before, a couple of hours before you go out. Because if you're going to iron, for example, a linen shirt, it will take time. Yeah. So, um. Like I I often say, the message for me has always been to to do inner work, irrespective of what trade you're in. Like, have you done the inner work? Uh, Because whatever it is that is inside of you is going to be, that's the aesthetic that's expressed now externally. If you're disorganized inside, your home is going to be disorganized. It's not a lie. Yeah. If you're disorganized internally, the way you dress, the way you speak, the way you express yourself, that is going to be disorganized. So all in all, um, if I was going to wrap up what Passion Fruit Interior does, I would say we specialize in creating spaces that express a client's aesthetic in order to uniquely express their taste. Because even if you and me were twins, we still wouldn't have the same taste in things. Yeah. And like I said, however, we believe that a space has to work before a style is even considered. There is no point of me wearing a mini, mini skirt to a club and then I get to the club, I can't sit. I might be stylish, yes, but I'm not practical.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, trust me, I love to be practical in everything that I do. So I really love how you spoke about... um, the, the fact that, like, for me, as a person who has anxiety, it's like, oh, okay, my space isn't looking that well put together. I've, it's a clear symbol of, you know, what's going on internally. So that I found was, like, impactful. So what I also find fascinating about you is that you have your day job or at least correct me if i'm wrong but working with minister sorry ministry of foreign affairs as a state protocol officer so how has this helped yes. you to grow into being the entrepreneur that you are now what what takeaways have you gotten from your career that have that you feel have propelled the work that you do now
1: okay um so you know how we always like stories right i, I love stories um, so I used to be, I used to be ungrateful. I was a very ungrateful human being. And I, I, I recently met, uh, I recently met a new friend who told me, do you know that you're privileged? And I was like, uh, 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 what do you mean I'm privileged? And I, I mentioned, this is not happening for me. This is not working for me. This is not working for me. So what I'm trying to say, Lee, is that, we don't speak about this enough but every single day God wakes us up and he gives us first of all the opportunity to still be here but also the kind of family you come from a loving caring family they've nurtured you um the kind of job that you have people don't have jobs they're looking for jobs um the kind of friends you have so You have this environment, you come from a privileged environment and privilege does not necessarily mean money, but it's your environment, you know, and me going to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, first of all, I believe in manifestation and I told my parents when I was a very young girl that I'm going to work for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs one day. And it came to be. But in the beginning, I would would be late for work. You know, I would draw in at whatever time I wanted. I wouldn't finish my assignments or execute them the way they should be. But Mm -hmm. being that I work for the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, which is by and large an extension of State House, by and large an extension of Cabinet Office where decisions are made. I realized that what I do has an impact not only for the ministry, but for the nation at large. So women are are mothers, we are nurturers. And whether you have a child or not, we are nurturers. So I asked myself, what kind of nurturer am I if one, I'm not grateful for my job and two, if I do not work diligently? So now to answer your question, some of the things that I've learned being at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs is that everything that happens to me is meant to aid me even my bad days, even my bad situations, I'm always asking myself now, what is this trying to teach me? And why now? Mm. You know, why why is this lesson coming to me now? Um, I've also learned the art of negotiation. And just because someone says no now, does not mean they'll say no tomorrow. Um, I've learned how to negotiate and be persistent. as I was saying, even on my bad days, I try to ask myself now, rather I ask myself now, what is this trying to teach me? You know, um, because I I believe that even in the bad situations, you can learn something, pick something, and then be better. um, Be better at that next time. So um, working for foreign affairs means that you have to be on time. You have to learn how to manage your activities. I was, I was one of the worst. I mean, I would be late for my appointments. I'd, I was just, I was really just a mess. Um, but I think God is, God is gracious. God is good. Um, me being at Foreign Affairs has taught me so many different things, and I'm really appreciative. I also just watch how my colleagues work and how they handle situations. Um, For example, um, there's a lady at Maya. I have never, up to this day, I've never seen her lose her cool, irrespective of what is going down. Because sometimes you'd be like, oh my God, oh my God, maybe this is the day. No, no, no. So um, staying calm is a superpower. And that is something that I'm um, trying to teach myself. The message here for me is, Appreciate your job, mm. learn what you can from it, even as you build your business, because you can, you can see what systems are working there where you work, where you are employed, your, your day job or your plantation job, and then see how you can now replicate that and then tweak it a bit to suit whatever business that you're doing. Um, other than that, I get to meet so many amazing people, Lee, and I get to have conversations with people because essence, in essence, life is just a story. It's a whole big story. But it's made up of different incidences every single day, you know. Yeah. And so um I'm grateful that now I have a different set of eyes. And like, like I've been saying, one of my messages is if you don't If you don't work well in the environment that you're in, if you're not able to operate at at your your potential, at your full potential, even if I took you to an environment that's already in A shape, you're still going to find something negative to say about it.
0: Everything that you said is so true because as you are talking, a million things are running through my mind and I'm thinking about jobs that I've had where I've had to you know, be the person who grows into certain... It, it's pushed me to grow into into another person who I thought I wouldn't be. Like, I envy your colleague who has never lost their cool. Because mm. if you ask me, like, I 100% am a person who... I'm very emotional. And it doesn't mean that I'm necessarily reactive. Because sometimes I don't react, but, like, the emotions are welling up inside me and swelling and building and sometimes I need to like do that thing where I walk away take a step and I'm trying to think how can I approach this but there are days where I don't take that step and I end up just you know being a blubbering mess or blurting out things to that person and you just end up feeling you know like oh that wasn't the best way to handle it or maybe that wasn't the most professional way to handle that. Um, yeah, as I was saying, yeah, I think there's definitely important things that we can learn from any job or career, like even the most miserable things that I've done where I wasn't exactly happy. I I learned a lesson from it. It's either I learned not to stay too long somewhere where I'm unhappy, or I learned how to stand Mm -hmm. up for myself. So I think, like you've said, life is a story, but it's all about the learning process and just changing and evolving. Exactly. So I want to turn to the more personal side of you. You have shared a little bit about obviously being a mom, but as a mother of three, could you share a little bit about how's that experience been like, especially like going from one to two to three? And I'm sure each pregnancy was different as was the postpartum journey. But what was that like for you? Hmm. It's
1: been a roller coaster, honestly. Um, but like you've said, you learn, you learn so many different things, but my belief is that we think we are here to teach children, uh, but I think children are here to teach us and show us the way because there are times you look at your children and for example, the way children take most things with ACE. Have you ever seen a rushed child, Lee? A rushed child? A rushed child, like a child who's rushed to do something, a child who's rushed to live their life. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, like, so they are also, they are also very persistent human beings. When your child wants candy, it could be midnight. When your child wants candy, there are days you will give them candy at midnight because they will not give you peace. Mm. And yeah, people might judge you. I mean, people are going to judge you regardless of what you do, whether you you are positive, whether you are negative. People always have something to say, but what my children have taught me is the art of persistence, just like my job has taught me. They'll, they'll, they'll find tactics, Lee, of getting to you. And also they've <laughs> taught me that you need to appeal to someone's weak points.
0: Um,
1: my 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 kids would. They've done something wrong. They're gonna come. My little son now kneels. He's one year six. He'll kneel and he'll say, "I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry," because you know he can't really um, articulate himself quite well yet. But mm-hmm. just that also shows that w- w- human beings are like wax right? I, I, I read this from a book today in the morning. And depending on how that wax is melting is it, it, almost how our lives go like. So when you find what appeals to somebody, you find a way of using that over and over to get the results that you want. And I think this is something my children have taught me, that mama, when you want something, you try it this way, it doesn't work that way, it doesn't work. What do you do? Maybe you start studying the person. And it, this could be for business or for personal gain, it could be for love or whatever it is. But you start studying them like, hmm, okay. So, for example, I know Lee is a foodie, he likes to eat, but what kind of food does he like? Oh, maybe he likes Chinese food. Before you know it, I'm going to send you takeaway. Um, oh, I know Lee likes um, traveling which country would she like to go to say I pick a spot and maybe I could send you a voucher or something of some sort so even as it's been a roller coaster I've learned so many things um do, do I love my children every day no um this is something that most women don't talk about often but I think it's a message that needs to go out there just like I'll ask you a question Lee. do you love yourself every day no yeah so if I don't, if I can't love myself every day, then how, how then is it possible to love something that came out of me? There is nothing wrong with you not feeling the most love for your children on certain days. They just drive you crazy. Like last night, I think I was creating content. My son just wanted to be on my body and he was biting my boobs through my pajamas. <laughs> I was oh, wow. irritated. <laughs> yeah, I was irritated level 100. but. It doesn't mean that I love him any less. But also what that teaches me is that I need to learn to create time for my family, even as I'm building towards an empire. I need to to know that I need to give them an hour or two, maybe in a day where we play, we bond, we catch up, maybe we cook together. I reach to them. I need to also be a mother because now I'm a mother. I need to be in that role. I can't. Children teach you also that life is not always about you. It's, it's also about other people and also you're not always in the right there are days that you are a horrible human being to not only yourself but also to the people around you mm-hmm. so my children have also told me that when I when I err I need to accept that and I need to apologize and speaking apologizing now is so, so something a take away from just apologizing in general not just from having children is I need to learn to apologize Lee in a way that speaks to you not to apologize in a way that speaks to me because I might come to you and say oh Lee here is a bunch of flowers yeah and then you're like why are you buying me why are you buying me flowers then I can't even articulate myself in that, I can't explain to you that, oh, there's this day, maybe I blew up on you or I, or, or I didn't express myself well. No, we need to learn to forgive people in a way that they'll understand, in a way that they'll appreciate. Um, and so this, this is also a lesson that I've learned for my children. But motherhood is it's not child's play. It's a lot of hard work. And now I know that there's no balance. There's no such thing called balance. That's a fallacy. Um, I read a quote recently, it said, there is no such thing as work-life balance. There are decisions and then there are consequences.
0: Yes, that is so true. And it's something that recently has been coming up for me where I've had to say, okay, this person is asking me to take on this task, but to what effect? Okay, I won't be able to do this if I say yes to this. Also, actually, this person might not, be in a position to even be asking me to do this like wait a second why can't they ask someone who's their junior so then you know you have to like say things like no unfortunately I won't be able to do that or no unfortunately I don't work on a Sunday even though I work a half day on a Saturday but you know the consequence could be another that person goes and tells another superior and then they're like no that that was your test that was your time to like shine and prove yourself to us but at the end of the day, I also have to decide, am I going to care that possibly that was a test? Like,
1: am mm. I also not
0: allowed to be a human being and have a personal life and have time for my friends, my family, and even just time for myself? So like you've said, it's, it's a lot of making those hard decisions and there are definitely some consequences that come with it. Exactly.
1: And I, and I think also we need to teach Young children, that it's okay to say
0: no. Amen. And I, I think, think we were raised think, saying yes because we're always yes. told that if your elders or your family asks you for something, automatically you have to say yes and you have to do it. And it's exactly. not that, of course, you want to raise a child who's just walking around going, no, 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 to all the elders <laughs> for no reason. But they should have the autonomy or the ability to just say no. Because they don't want to do something and they don't need to do that and they shouldn't have to do that.
1: Exactly. And also, sometimes I find that you say no, but when you say no, somebody is waiting for an explanation. No is a complete sentence. I don't need to explain myself to you. Um, I mean, sometimes in a work situation or environment, it could be a bit different. You might need to explain yourself, but all in all, the point I'm trying to drive at is I can say no, and it's just it ends there.
0: Well, you see, the, the, the relating back to me recently said no, and someone was standing there waiting for me to further explain, and I also just stood there looking at them. I was like, uh-uh. but like, there's nothing after that. This is where it ends. I said no. Like, should you not be turning around to walk away? <laughs> mm. You see, yeah. so it's um, it's it's really interesting. I think life is
1: life is interesting. And this is whether you are a mother or a father. I mean, so long as you are here, you're still here. There's so much you can do with your life. And I believe that people can begin to transform their lives the minute they decide to, even today. And also another message that I preach often is that I believe that magic is our birthright. And we all experience magic in different ways. I, for example, experience magic when I receive flowers. I love flowers, I love roses. And when somebody buys me flowers, I'm like, oh, this is so magical. There are people who, for example, um, enjoy quiet time. Maybe that's their magic. They're sitting with a loved one and they just, you know where you're just quiet, but you are enjoying the essence of that person's presence you know. Um, there are people who, for example, when they work out, that's their magic. So my message is magic is our birthright, but we need to learn to claim it because nothing is going to fall on your, on your laps for free. If you want a hot body, you have to work for it. If you want to be a social media mungo, you have to work for it. If you want to be a better partner, a better mother, you have to work for it. And there is no other way of putting it, Lee. If you're not serious about what you want out of your life, not even the best transformational coach in the world can help you. Yeah. So you need to learn to help yourself first. And then the coach is there to aid and guide you now to say, oh, okay. So this is your gift. How then now do we help you leave your gift and then experience magic on a daily basis because magic is not grandeur the way we think about it like i'm i'm talking to you right now i drove away from home i'm seated in my car and i saw i think it's a dad since we've been talking i kid you not they've been walking up and down with the street with a little girl i think she could be too and maybe that's all she wanted and that's magic
0: yeah. you know
1: uh, it, it's 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 really just I, I don't even believe in little things anymore when people say it's the little things that count. There is nothing little about life. There is nothing literally about you sitting back and laughing when someone tells a joke. It's beautiful and And the minute we begin to experience moments as magic as they come and live in them, your know, your life your life is truly transformed.
0: yeah. Oh, that's so beautifully said. And with that, we're gonna to get towards the end of our conversation. But I think you've hinted to. But what are some of the things that drive you to do what you do? If you can just tell me three things that drive you.
1: Hmm, that's a difficult one. Um, but I think number one is um <laughs> the people who've who've come before me, Lee, uh, my ancestors, my great grandparents, my my grandparents and even my parents, <laughs> they've been able to accomplish so much even in the times they lived. So I honestly, I owe it to them. Um, I don't take my education or my background lightly. Um, so with that education, what then can I do? What impact can I make on the world? So number one, paying my respects to my ancestors. Uh, Number two, I would say my children uh, because they are the future. Mm. Um, And what I do now profoundly impacts them and what they decide to do with their lives. So my children are actually my legacy, who they turn out to be, what impact they have on the world. Number three would be, I believe in magic, irrespective of where you come from. Your life can turn around. And I like what Lupita Nyong'o says. She says, your dreams are valid, irrespective of where you come from. Mm. Um, And having said that, I, I, I have a friend who asked me, where would you live? And my answer is always the same. I say Zambia. And they're like, but even if you had the opportunity to live anywhere else, I'm like, don't get me wrong. I I will have homes in different parts of the world, but base is Zambia because I feel as if, I also want to be an example to say, I don't need to say be, for example, in Europe, Australia or America for me to make it, I can make it home-based and still be able to impact the world. Oh, and that's
0: beautiful. I love that for you. And funnily enough, when people ask me, why didn't you stay in SA? Why aren't you in America? Why don't you live wherever? I always just say, but Zambia's home. And also, I just mm-hmm. feel like there's so much work to be done on this continent or in this country. Yes. And there's so much impact to make. And it's, it's, it's exciting, whereas sometimes you get into these other countries and you're just another small fish in a big pond. And you yes. might go unnoticed. So, I mean, I choose to rather, it's not even about notoriety, but to make my impact. And to like make that. an impact in the community and with the people that I've grown up around.
1: Oh, and, and having said that, um, when I was away in Europe for school, um, my parents made sure I was home every summer. Um, but also there's so many things that I missed uh, birthing of my nieces and nephews, weddings, kitchen parties, you know, things that unite us and make us one and enjoy Zambia. You know, I also miss missed deaths where people die and I'm not able to bury my loved ones because you know how it is. You just can't get up and get on a plane every other day, Yeah, you know? So And so now, now that I'm here and I'm around, I'm able to see my nieces grow. I'm able to bond with them. And also just my friends, people I grew up with in the same neighborhood or went to school with. I'm also able to see how far they've made it. And it's it's a beautiful experience to just be around people that love you and you love, you know.
0: Indeed, indeed it is. Well, Lubunga, before we go, maybe you can let my listeners know where they can find you on social media or get in touch about your services. So you can just give us a rundown of the platforms that you're on and the names of those accounts. Okay, so I'm on you can find
1: me on TikTok. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. So um I am I have two accounts on each platform. So you can find me as at Lubunga Lucindi on all of the three platforms I've mentioned. And you can also find me for the services that I offer. You can find me at Bloom Peak Media.
0: All right. And we'll make sure that we write that in the show notes for those of you listening so that you get the correct spellings of everything. Lubunga, it's been a pleasure as always speaking to you today. You always are consistent in the way that you inspire, in the way that you express yourself and the way that you share your truth. So I just wanna say thank you so much for having this conversation. Thank you so much, Lee, and thank you
1: for being, thank you for being you and continue being Lee. Um, you inspire. Uh, before I go, I'm gonna say, um, whatever it is that you do, do it with love. Whether it's loving somebody, love someone wholeheartedly. Whether it's you watering your garden, do it wholeheartedly. But whatever it is you do, bathe it in love
0: and you'll succeed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much, Lulunga. Have a good day. Don't forget to listen to past episodes. If you haven't, there's always something for everyone. Remember, you can leave us a star on Anchor FM, and you can also leave me a voice note letting me know what you thought of this episode. Stay blessed, and don't forget to continue to join the conversation. Until next time.